What's up, podcast listeners? It's your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and this is episode 269, 270, can't even remember, but we got Jason Ferrugia, who is a titan in this industry, and I've been wanting to get him on the show forever, so I was super psyched to get him on, and we chat a lot about... I call the 80% of being a good coach, a good human being, and the other 20% that a coach needs to focus on is the programming, the exercise selection, and all that, you know, fine detailed stuff, but if someone can't be empathetic, if someone can't connect with another individual, you're not that good of a coach. So I get Jason's uh, point on it, and it's a nice little flow of conversation going back and forth, so without further ado, here's Jason. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your lovely host, Rafael Matuszewski, and joining me for the first time, the legend, Jay Frugia. Say hello. What's up? Thanks for having me, man. No problem. Um, so I like to start the show with, like, super easy questions. So the first easy question is, what is the current book you're reading or listening to? Uh, let's see. Superfans by Pat Flynn. Okay, nice. Awesome. Yeah. It's given yeah. to me by uh, Sean Stevenson recently. Awesome. Yeah. Um, how far are you into it so far? Uh, like five pages left. Oh, nice. What, what was kind of like the biggest takeaway for you? Um, let's see. It's a really good book. I highly recommend it. Just, you know, he's just got a bunch of uh, good ideas, connecting with people on a higher level and kind of ascending them up. Yeah, it's good stuff. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so yeah. Second easy question. What is the current TV series you're watching, or if you're one of those people who doesn't watch TV? No, I don't like those people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we, we've, been, we've been trying to get into something, and so we, we've been getting a lot of recommendations from friends. We haven't gotten into anything in a while. We, the last thing we were going to do was Game of Thrones. I watch a lot of stand-up. I've been nice. watching the new Chappelle, Bill, nice. Bill Burr. Uh, I mean, you name it. Anytime there's a new Netflix, I watch that. The new season, the, the new the new season of Comedians in Cars is probably the closest mm-hmm. thing I'm going to do, uh, series-wise, which I love. Yeah, like... we'll probably get into um, and the new season of Hip Hop Evolution, but no like dramatic series yet. We're, yeah. we're figuring out what our next one's going to be. Yeah, like I, uh, for me, like kind of same boat as you. There hasn't been really anything. Like my wife and I just like rewatched all the Star Wars films because the new one's coming in December, but. We haven't okay. like really jumped in onto a new series, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as you, where I started watching all the stand up and like I'm so happy that Dave Chappelle is back. Yeah. Right? Like, like, and it's so funny. Ever since like his Netflix specials have been coming out, all you see is all the people out there criticizing everything he's saying. But I'm like, but that's stand up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you're offended by comedy, you got some problems. You yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, for the very last easy question, what do you got planned for the weekend? Uh, well, WWE SmackDown debuts on Fox tomorrow, so they're at Staples Center. So I'm going to go see a bunch of my friends. I might record some podcasts with some of the guys. Nice. Uh, go backstage, hang out, uh, train with some of the guys, hopefully. Um, so that, and then... Uh, I don't know what else we have planned. Okay, so, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so to kind of get this thing started, can you just give us like a little intro of who you are, what you do, and how did you get into this industry in the first place? Yeah, so I, I started in this industry in, in 1994. I grew up just a skinny, weak, insecure kid, got into training, became obsessed with it, um, 
and you know just just made it my life's work really i was actually uh let's see i started training people when i was 19 and then around 2021 i was actually scheduled to go i don't think i ever bring this up much ever but uh we just talked about pro wrestling so i was scheduled to go to killer kowalski's wrestling school and because i wanted to become a pro wrestler and uh, I broke my arm like a week or two before I went. And Killer Kowalski's is where uh, Triple H went, stuff like that. So um, broke my arm and ended up just staying home and continuing to train people and growing my business, which, you know, in retrospect was probably great. And uh, so I had one of the original kind of hardcore underground gyms, kind of warehouse-style gyms, uh, you know, long before CrossFit, long before a lot of people these days. And we, and we did all that kind of training. Business really blew up pretty rapidly where I was training just a ton of athletes, so got uh, on all kinds of different websites, got in magazines, had my own column in magazines for years. I was featured, you know, in, in Men's Health, Men's Fitness, Men's Journal, uh, uh, all those magazines on a regular basis. And then, uh, where am I going with this? I don't know. So that's kind of what, I, what I've been doing for, for 25 years now. You know, a lot of it's online now. I do a lot of my own events, do a lot of speaking, podcasts. But uh, that's kind of the gist of it. All right, fair enough. Now I'm kind of curious, like when you started training at 19, like did you ever go down the university route of like getting a human kinetics or kinesiology degree or anything like that? So I was in college uh, interning at the weight room, and then I started training people uh, during uh, summers when I had off. And I was originally going for communication skills. Like I wanted my my thing was I either wanted to host Sports Center or host like the Tonight Show or something when I was younger. And uh, but that switched, so I switched to exercise science. And then all throughout the rest of my years in college, which was a lot of years in college, because I was taking semesters off and transferring and failing out of school. I was terrible at school. I hated school. <laughs> but uh, so I was training people while I was going to school. Built up the business. Originally, I was just training in other gyms and then going to people's houses. And then I, by, by two years into it, I had saved up enough money to rent space. And it was literally an underground gym because it was in a basement. So I rented a thousand square feet of space, bought some equipment. And then for the next 10 years, just constantly reinvested back into the business, buying equipment too. By the end, you know, 15 years later, we had an amazing facility there. We had four collegiate uh, elite FTS racks, three glued ham raises. Like it was a really solid facility where we trained a ton of guys. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm, now I'm kind of curious because like ever since I started my podcast, I got a lot of new coaches reaching out to me saying like, you know, how my kind of career path went, like what they should study, what certifications they should take. And like, I always kind of think back of like Nick Tumanello, like, I don't think he has a degree, like he just kind of the skyrocketed into the industry on his kind of own terms. So I'm kind of curious on your opinion, do you think going to university to getting like, you know, exercise physiology or something like that, or kind of go down the route of, you know, mentoring under Mike Boyle or Exos or things like that to get into the industry? You know, it's, uh, I could go either way. I mean, most professions these days in 2019, you really don't need to go to college. You can learn everything you need on your own. Uh, unless, you know, you want to be a doctor or a lawyer or something. I mean, it's good. To, to, it, it depends where you want to work. Like if you want to work at the pro level, the collegiate level, you probably, a lot of times you need a degree, although I know I know people who are exceptions to the rule across the board. Um, it, it's, a t- it's a tough one to answer, and it depends on you too. Like if, if you're a guy who's going to hustle and take it upon himself to go intern with people, to go work for free, to read every book that you would read in college anyway and, and learn at a much faster rate, um, and you want to do your own thing, maybe it doesn't matter. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. Like it, it, it all depends on what the person kind of wants to do. But I just find a lot of coaches end up just training like everyday Joes, and like the idea of like training pro athletes is such a small percentage. Yeah. So it really, de- just depends on what the person wants to do. But um, yeah. Now, now I'm kind of curious about like what kind of advice would you give for a young coach? Because I know like the whole topic of like millennials that they don't want to put that much effort in and things like that. And I find that all the top people in this industry work their asses off to get to where they are. So if you had to give advice to like, you know, a 20 something year old new coach on the block, what would it be and why? Well, you got to develop your people skills first and foremost. So I think so many of us when we're younger or new at something, you try to work on your tactical skills, which, you know, your, your training knowledge, your nutrition knowledge, and then you get really good at that. And a lot of people, that's all they ever do. And they have a modicum of success and they're smart, uh, but they never really grow, you know, their business that much. Then you have guys who get to a certain level and then they focus on business a ton, which again is great. You got to know how to market yourself. You got to know how to close people. You got to know how to keep clients. Keeping clients is more your social skills, your people skills. Uh, I think we forget about those things. People work on the tactical and the business skills and forget about people skills where at the end of the day, it's a people business. So if you can't build relationships with people, if you can't connect with them, if you can't make your your training experience, your gym, whatever it is, their third place, if they don't enjoy it, if they're not having fun, if you're not joking around, making them laugh, making them smile, making them feel important, none of it matters. Because, you know, to your point about people get obsessed with, well, I want to train pro athletes and this and that, and I want to use all this technical fancy stuff. If you're training average people, it doesn't matter. You're not going to use like in 25 years, I've used 25% of my training knowledge because most people don't need it. You know, like some of the guys, some of the advanced uh, pro athletes and whatnot, they need that kind of stuff. But most people, you're never going to need that. So as long as you're training them in a way that's going to get results without injuring them, the most important thing is really being a good person and, and working on that. And just not enough people focus on that. Yeah, like that's what I call kind of like the 80% of what your career should kind of look like is like, go beyond what you learned about training and programming and all that fancy shit. But it's like, how can you connect with another individual and make them want to show up every single week to come see you? And I think that's kind of a huge gap in our industry with some coaches and, you know, seeing people kind of like quit the industry because they weren't successful. And it's like, you see them on the training floor, like, Oh, if you just had like the personality skills, that would get mm. you so much further. So I'm kind of curious, like, did you always have this, like, you know, tendency to connect with other people, or did it come in time? Uh, a little of both. I mean, I grew up, and for, for a lot of my life, I was really kind of shy and quiet and socially awkward, uh, especially outside of the gym. But for whatever reason, in the gym, I was, I was pretty comfortable, and I, I was good at creating a unique experience and, and, and helping the guys, you know, have fun and whatnot. And, and, and kind of grow relationships amongst each other. But I really kind of 10x that over the last few years when I worked on it and prioritized it more. It's something that I think a lot of people just think that as you get older, oh, in my 30s, 40s, and 50s, I'll get better at that. Well, no, you won't. You Just like you wouldn't get better at playing the guitar if you didn't play it, you have to prioritize it, you have to work on it. And um, I, I think it's something that people should prioritize every single day. There's certain books you should read. There's people you should be around. You should study charismatic behaviors. You should, you know, read Friends and How to uh, win, win, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Uh, any book on relationships, um, and then prioritize it every single day. I just don't think people work on it enough. 
How much do you think, like, the environment influences, like, the personality of a person? Because, like, growing through my career, like, I've been at some gyms where the community just sucked and people would make fun of each other if you try to step out of the box. And then when I switched out of that environment, I almost felt like I could be myself for the first time. And, like, the level of happiness I have now at the gym I'm at is, like, far beyond what I was before. So I'm kind of curious if you've ever experienced that yourself. Yeah, I think that, you know, you bring up a good point there. That's really important. Uh, getting in an environment around the right kind of people that allow you to shine and be your best. That being said, we're not always going to have that luxury. We're not always going to be in the, the ideal environment. And you have to learn to, you know, be able to block that stuff out and be your best. It's challenging. It's tough. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. But, you you know, whatever environment you're in, you have to try to be your best. But like, you know, kind of like Seneca said, like you can only control your – your words, your thoughts, and your actions. You have to block out everybody else and still be your best. Because if you're working with people in a public gym right now, you can't say, oh, well, let me wait for two years from now when I can afford to start my own place because then you'll have no clients. So you still need to shine in that public gym. Like I have a lot of friends who they are characters, they are entertaining, they're playing a role, and they are you know, putting on a performance, which anytime you train somebody, especially if you're training groups, it has to be a performance. And they're doing that. They have the, the confidence to do that in a public gym around a bunch of other people, whatever. And because they were able to do that, they got so many clients that they were able to save up and open their own place. So so for like resources other than books, what else is out there to kind of build these like skills? Because like one of the things I did in the past was like different types of personality tests and then looking at like where my weaknesses were and kind of having that in the back of my head being in my subconscious to kind of work at it. If I got into a situation where I'm like, Oh my God, I'm being such an introvert right now at a social setting. I need to get out of that. (laughs) Uh, So I just lost you there. Do you hear me now? Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, Everybody should take an improv class. It should be required in high school and college. So we have public speaking classes, but there's no such thing as a listening class. And listening is essential. Listening is a superpower. So uh, everyone should definitely take an improv class. It teaches you to listen, teaches you to think on your feet, teaches you to be a team player, to say yes and, to not disagree with people, because the first rule of improv is yes and. So you don't say no. Anytime you say no to anyone in a conversation, in a business discussion with your team members, your employees, what, you meet someone at a party that you want to connect with and you say no, you're at an impasse. Relationship's over. So you got to learn not to say no and things like that. And uh, so improv is invaluable. You should take public speaking classes. Uh, you should always watch and study stand-up comedy. So if you're watching Chappelle, if you're watching Bill Burr, Seinfeld, you should have a notebook out. you got to be taking notes. How do these guys, you know, what, it, what all the things they do to, to, to perform on stage, to deliver, uh, how they pause, all these things that, you know, those guys are masters. So, uh, and then, there, I mean, there's tons of books. But And then just going out and pushing yourself more on a regular basis. You have to have that self-awareness of like you just said, okay, I'm being introverted. Now I, I've caught that behavior. Now i got to fix it immediately. So just, just having the self-awareness and checking yourself. I think also we use visualization a lot for, for sports. And Arnold talked about, you know, he's visualizing his biceps being mountain peaks. You have to visualize yourself as this confident, charismatic person. So maybe it's someone you know. Maybe it's your buddy Johnny. Maybe it's someone you think is, is, is great at that, like The Rock or Jimmy Fallon or somebody. So you visualize, here's how I'm going to go into this training environment or this meeting or this party, and here's how I want to be with people. 
And it, it works, honestly, it works. And then review it. You know, Kobe reviewed footage of every game. Beyonce reviews footage of every concert. How else are you going to get better at something if you don't review it? So you leave, let's say you've trained a group of 30 people, or you were at an event where you wanted to connect with people, a party, whatever it is. You leave on the way home, play that game footage back, and say, okay, how was I with this guy today? Did I make everyone, did I say everyone's name? Did I make everyone feel special? Did I give compliments? Did I revert to introverted behavior? Did I just cling on to my buddy Mike? and only talk to him because I didn't know anybody else. Now what do I have to do to get better next time? No, I think that's really good. And the fact that you brought up the whole listening thing, that kind of just takes me into like the whole idea of empathy because I find that's a really hard thing to teach new coaches too. Like you have a person in front of you that's obviously struggling with their health, but maybe the trainer's been an athlete their entire life and doesn't really understand that struggle of being you know, 60 pounds overweight. So I'm kind of curious, like, how do you help someone kind of create empathy within themselves, if that makes sense? <laughs> um, how do you create empathy within yourself? Yeah. Hmm. Maybe, maybe I'm missing the, the, the question. Well, I like this whole idea of, like, being empathetic to someone else. Like, some people are really good at it. They can really understand someone else's emotions. And rather than, like, being that person where they're going to fix everything for them, they just are there to listen and have the other person feel like they understand. And mm-hmm. some people really lack this idea of empathy. And I'm kind of curious, like, how could you teach someone to be better at empathy? Hmm. I don't have a great answer, but honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like, for me, like, a lot of times when I started in the industry, I would always be that person, like, telling people what to do. But most of the time, like, I learned this from my wife really quickly, is they don't really want a solution. They kind of want to just right. have another ear by their side. And totally. Yeah, I mean, it's human nature. You want to be heard and seen. Those are yeah. two things. A lot of times we, we try to fix everything, especially if you're a coach. Like, oh, let me, like you're saying with your wife, let me fix this. Let me give yeah. you advice. A lot of times people aren't looking for that. They just want to be heard. Yeah, and like I always look at the whole like idea of success in fitness and health is so much bigger than just how many days a week they're going into the gym, like their macros and things like that. There's It's a kind of like a full bigger picture of like, you know, how's your relationships with other people? Um, like how your life is right now. Are you at a kind of like how we talked earlier about like the environment that they're living in? And when I bring those things up to people, they're they finally kind of switch the mindset. They're like, oh shit, so many other things influence my success. Yeah. Um, so now I'm kind of curious, like switching gears a little bit into like fat loss because I know you're really really good at this and. You know, over the years in your um, career, when you've trained people, like what were some things that kind of like turned on the light bulb for a lot of people to understand? Like, oh, if I do this, I will be successful at fat loss long term. Uh, that sleep is is first and foremost. Sleep's the most important thing. Uh, people just want to go hard all the time. They want to not sleep. They want to train all day. They want to put themselves in a really high cortisol, high adrenaline environment where they're, you know, not eating and, and just, just training themselves into the ground. So first, first and foremost, you got to sleep. Uh, you're not going to get leaner if you're not sleeping. So once you're sleeping and you're optimizing your hormones, that's step one. Then you got to reduce stress. So again, people don't think of that. But if you're just fueled by cortisol and adrenaline all day, you're just going to get fatter. You're going to lose muscle. 
you're going to feel like shit. Your immune system's going to be compromised. Um, your joint health probably won't be the best. So you got to meditate. You got to go in a sauna. You got to get massages. You got to uh, go in float tanks. You have to decompress. You have to take your uh, turn your phone off, unplug, um, get natural sunlight and fresh air. Love your family. Be around people. Social connection, like we talked about, is the single most important factor in health and wellness and longevity. It's the, the number one commonality of all people in the blue zones. Um, so th those two things, first and foremost, before we even move on to training or nutrition, that could be, you know, if someone just is getting started out on this path, we might spend 30 days. Let's work on that because that's the most important thing. We, we can't, if you're working nine till nine, stressed out of your mind, and now you want to start training super hard four days a week and doing hit cardio and dieting and fasting. No, 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 no. We got to fix all this stuff first. This might be 30 days of fixing this. Then we can add in some training. Um, and then with the training, it's, again, these days most people are more stressed out than ever. So it's going to be less is more. Uh, it looks super cool to go high intensity all the, training, uh, all the time and train really hard until you're dead and you're sweating and you're bleeding and all that shit. But... The reality is that's just more stress. You're already stressed out. You're already not sleeping enough. So the training has got to be geared down a little bit lower volume, a little bit lower intensity. You know, frequency is probably better for most people. Um, big compound movements, obviously, stuff that, that, that's going to burn a lot of calories. You know, if, you, if your main goal is fat loss, you don't want to waste a ton of time doing isolation work. Big compound movements, three to five days a week. Keep the workouts, you know, 30, 45 minutes. Uh, and then when it comes to nutrition, you know, you got to make sure that it's, it's, it's nothing that's stressing you. So too few calories, too much fat, fasting, stuff like that. Again, if you're stressed out, that's going to be really harmful. And so people always get caught up, like, should I do carnivore, keto, vegan, this, that, and the other thing. It's like, all right, we'll take a basic kind of general healthy approach first and foremost. Like what would people have eaten uh, hundreds of years ago? You know, if you focus on single ingredient natural, wholesome, real food, you probably can't go wrong. And again, if you're, you know, in, in the industry, a trainer or a coach or whatever, most people are coming to you and, and their breakfast is, is either nothing or it's a, an egg McMuffin or something like that. So if you try to get them on some crazy strict keto plan, that's insane. Like just get them eating eggs and oatmeal and, and, and chicken and sweet potatoes and grass fed steak and stuff like that. And, and don't, don't make it overly complicated. You got to make it work for your life and what fits. Like if you like eating three, three times a day, great. If you feel better and you like eating five times a day, great. There's not one that's exponentially better than the other. It's got to fit with your lifestyle and, you know, make you feel good. No, and like you said, a lot of good points. And I think the big one was like this idea that every workout has to be like balls to the wall, like high intensity. And like for the general population, that's what they think fitness has to be and they think that if they're not like sweating and crying by the end of it it wasn't even worth it and yeah. it's like i was just talking about this with another person the other day where like parts of our like industry it's almost like fitness is a punishment and i'm like mm -hmm. that's not cool like that's you're like throwing away so many people that are like intimidated by going into the gym it's like going to right. the gym is like celebrating what your body can do like i just tell people you just gotta move every day and you'll start <laughs> feeling better yeah yeah, I don't know. We, it's a weird industry that we're in with some of the people on Instagram. But um, 
what I wanted to kind of get into is like looking back on your career, like what are some of the mistakes that you've done where you look back at now where you're like, man, if I didn't do that, I'd be so much further into my career. Or if I did that differently, like things would be different or something like that. Um, you know, it, it, it's hard to say because I think all those things kind of like, like going broke and all that kind of led me to, to where I'm at and, and you learn so much in the struggles. So I would definitely say I wish I learned more about personal development. Like it sounds crazy now to think about it, but for so many years, all I did was read about training and nutrition. And then I was like, okay, well now I'm doing okay with just that. But now I, I, now I'm getting older. I need to pay the bills. I'm in my twenties. I'm not living at home anymore. How do I make more money? Even though I was still making decent money, I was like, okay, now I got to really up this more. So then all I did was read about business half the time and training the other half the time. And it just never, again, it sounds insane. Like it never really occurred to me that I need to work on myself. Like there's a lot of personal development stuff, a lot of stuff going back, like deep work from, from maybe childhood and self-limiting beliefs and things that held me back and how I'm showing up in the world, my worldview, how I'm treating people. I was oblivious to a lot of that for so many years. So I think that's the one thing if I could go back, I would say, man, let's start reading some of this stuff. Let's start going to events like this. Let's start investing in that and studying courses like this because that really makes a huge difference in your life. And, and that's something that you never stop doing. You know, I'm 45 now. Every single day is introspection and deep work and trying to get better and, and just having that self-awareness. And now I could say that I, I, I have it. I don't even know how or why I've gotten in this place. It's probably the culmination of, of events and books and people that I surround myself with and the content I consume. But I have such a heightened sense of self-awareness that I never had years ago that it's almost like I'm like a lot of times having an out-of-body experience where I'm like here watching myself and I'm like, oh, got to work on that. That was good. Let's, let's, let's improve that a little bit. Like, it, it's a pretty cool place to be in now, but it takes a lot of work to get there. Fair enough. Um, so now I'm kind of curious, like, what's your typical day look like? Like, how do you structure a day to be, you know, productive and have things done and like hit deadlines and things like that? Yeah. So, so structure, uh, structure or discipline equals freedom. So you have to create that. If you, if even if you do work for somebody, you could still block off your mornings and get important stuff done. If you don't work for somebody, if you work on your own, that's even more important because. We, we have this misconception that, oh, I have all this freedom. It's going to be amazing. But that actually can become a, a really slippery slope and, and downward spiral into just chaos and lunacy. So you have to create that for yourself where, you know, you have timers on your phone, you have deadlines, you have structure in your morning. You have to be selfish and take care of yourself before you can take care of other people, before you can take care of your wife, your husband, your kids, your dogs, your friends, your family members. You have to selfishly take care of your first, yourself first so you can be your best self in all those other relationships. So whatever that means for you. So for me, it's you know in the morning getting a, a few minutes of meditation and deep breathing, getting a few minutes of writing in, uh, getting a few minutes of reading in. Um, those are really my most important things in the morning. And then while I'm, while I'm making coffee, I have kind of a ritual I play. Some different song. I have a little morning mix that I play while I'm going through my whole thing, kind of to get myself in the mindset of really believing in myself and believing I'm a superhero and that I'm the world's greatest and I'm going to go out and dominate. So I'm programming myself. So those things are, are all part of my morning routine. And then I know that I need to get some kind of training in each day. I won't be happy. I'll be stressed out. I'll be I'll be anxious. So as long as I have those, and then and I have at least one most important task that I'll get done uh, first thing uninterrupted. Then the rest of the day, you know, if something goes wrong 
Or if something goes great, someone says, hey, like yesterday, one of my good friends says, hey, I'm going to be in L.A. You want to hang out? You want to go grab sushi and go hiking? And I said, yeah, and then I could take off the whole day. But if if I hadn't gotten all my important stuff, um, then I would have been stressed and anxious the whole time. So it's important to have that 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 kind of key time where you get all your stuff done. Fair enough. Like, how, how early do you wake up to kind of get everything done? Not super early. Uh, okay. 6 or 6.30. Yeah, okay. I wake up without an alarm, so I'll, I'll always get up at 6 or 6.30 every day. If I have an alarm, I don't sleep. I just check, and I I get up at 2, 3.30, 4.45. Like, when is it, you know, yeah. has it gone off? Uh, so maybe five times a year I have to get up for uh, a flight or something early, and those nights I don't sleep a wink because I always think I miss my alarm. But I'll just naturally wake up at 6, 6.30 and, and do my thing. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, because I can find some majority of the people that I follow, they kind of wake up around like anywhere from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. because they know bef- during that time they can just focus solely on what's important. And then if they have like kids or a gym that they need to go to, like they're already out the door by nine and they're good to go. But uh, yeah, it's kind of a trend that I've been seeing a lot is people waking up early to get shit done. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I know people are getting up at 3.45 and, and 4.30. Like, I'm definitely not doing that because social connection and relationships and having an amazing life is super important to me, and all the stuff goes down at night. Like, there's no fun. I mean, there's fun stuff going down during the day, but, you know, going out and, and, and breaking bread with friends and going to the comedy store and going to concerts and all this kind of stuff happens at night. So I'm never going to be the guy who goes to bed at 8 or 9 because then I'll be giving up all that, and there's no way I'm doing that. And like we said before, sleep is the most important thing. Yeah. So uh, when I go to bed, I'm making sure I get eight hours. So if, I, if I'm up really late one night, uh, which happens occasionally, um, I'm not getting up at 5 or 6. Like, it's just not <laughs> happening. I'm making sure I get my eight hours of sleep. Now I'm also curious, like throughout your career, have you ever like experienced that burnout where you're like, okay, I need to reevaluate what the hell I'm doing? And if you did, like, what was your process to get out of that burnout kind of stage? Because I know a lot of coaches, when they're trying to build their business, they're training from like 5 a.m. until like 10 p.m. at night, Monday to Friday, just to make ends meet, essentially. Yeah. Um... Certainly, we, we've all gone through that. I went through that multiple times where, you know, you, you're just working 60, 70 hours a week and, and burnt out. And uh, but, but like you said, everybody who is super successful works their face off. There's no way around it. You can definitely work smarter. Um, you can do an 80-20 and get more done in less time. But just, there's still hard work. It's still time consuming. But, yeah, I think evaluating that more frequently is, is a really good practice because, once you wait to the point where you're, you know, having a nervous breakdown, you're losing your mind, it's a little late at that point. So I, I think just being more conscious and, and more self-aware of, you know, what you're doing, how much time you're spending, and then, and then making changes sooner. It's kind of like when you're training, right, and you, you need a deload week. It's like, oh, I needed a deload week three weeks ago, but I kept pushing through, and now I'm fucking fried. My joints kill and everything. I think that's human nature just to try to plow through it. But, um, you know, just having the conscious kind of the, the self-awareness to, to evaluate sooner and always, right, on a daily basis at the end of the day, kind of reevaluate that kind of stuff. Well, fair enough. Um, so now that you kind of got into your career where you're, like, speaking at events and things like that, I'm kind of curious about how when you get questions from the audience, like, what's the most common question you get, like, almost everywhere you go in the world? And also, what's the question you wish people asked you? Uh, I wish people just asked me about old school hip hop and we could just talk about that for hours. 
Uh, I think the, the most common thing I get nowadays is how did you make this transformation over the last, you know, five, seven, ten years, but more so the last five or so. How did you go from lacking self-confidence, being super shy and socially awkward, uh, not able to communicate? How are you able to get on stage in front of a thousand people and, and do improv and joke around and, and, and be super confident and, you know, have, have major organizations bring me in to do that? That's what I get asked a lot, and I talk about it a lot. Um, and, and I really enjoy helping people who are where I was and struggling with that kind of stuff. Fair enough. And I'm, I'm kind of curious, like when you were also kind of going through your career, like I'm a huge fan of Gary Vaynerchuk and he always talks about, you know, playing the long game. So I'm kind of curious, like was your mindset when you were in your like prime, like kind of getting through your uh, career, like were you always kind of thinking like, if I keep going at this rate, I'm going to get to where I want to go. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I had those thoughts that I was going to get to where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I just put in the hard work and, and the steps and built the foundation. And I was with a friend of mine yesterday who's, who's 59, and in, in his field, he's the biggest in the world. And he said, do you, do you ever feel like you've made it? Uh, and I said, no, I wouldn't even know what that meant. And, and he, all the guys I know who are at that level uh, kind of have that same mindset. Like, I wouldn't even know what the destination is, where that – it's just – Every day, just trying to get a little better, just putting in the work. Um, so yeah, may, maybe 20 years ago, I thought there was a destination. I think a lot of people make that they make that mistake of, oh, it's going to be better in a couple years when I just have this, when I just get this body, or when I'm just making this much money, or when I move to this place, or when I whatever. It's always when I whatever, and you think that you're going to get somewhere, you think that there's this destination. And everything's going to be better. Everything's going to be easier. We all wish, like, fuck, I wish I didn't have so much to do every day. I wish there wasn't so much stress. I wish it wasn't so hard. Like, none of that's ever going to change. So you have to accept that, and you just have to get better at dealing with it and realize that you never get there. You just have to put in the work every day. And if you're stressed the fuck out 24-7, that's a problem. You have to put in things, you know, in, into play and take the steps to, to reduce your stress levels, you know, do more fun stuff, be around with the right people and do all the stuff I mentioned earlier, but you never get there. Yeah. And I think this kind of goes into like this whole idea of like, what does success mean? Right. And I think it's so different for every single person. Cause like, you know, someone could be super money driven. They're like, Oh, I want to open up a gym and make a million dollars and whatever. Or someone else can be like, I would just want to connect as, with as many people as possible and, those people tend to like get the money that the person wants to get the million dollars kind of, they kind of get end up in the same position. But I kind of like what you said, where it's like, you're just trying to get better every single day. And you do that year after year after year, like you just start kind of climbing towards this pedestal that other people want to get to anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so now I'm kind of curious, like what, what do you um, kind of look for if you were to hire a new coach or anything like that? Like, what are the qualities you're looking for? Because I find that, like, someone like, say, Alan Cosgrove, for example, they kind of have, like, a standard of who they want to hire. So I'm kind of curious, what, curious about your characteristics that you kind of look in for someone to hire. Uh, my answer is whatever Cosgrove said. <laughs> nice. I, I would I would tend to agree 100% with that. It's it's people skills first and foremost. Someone who's likable and 
Uh, you know, you can teach everyone the training stuff, but and you can improve your people skills, of course. But if you you got to come in with kind of that personality and that willingness, and you can tell within you know two seconds if, if someone's going to be like that or not. If they're if they're just and, and I've been in so many gyms with coaches who were technically great, but you wouldn't want to spend two minutes with them. Uh, those people are not the kind of guys you want to hire. So Cosgrove always says he would hire the the bartender down the street who's great with people way more than the guy who comes in and has five degrees and certifications but has no personality. No, fair enough. Um, So maybe for like the last question because we're coming up to our time, um, if you have any like parting words for the audience out there or if you want to, you know, plug anything that's upcoming in your circle, go ahead right now. Um, yeah, you know, I would say that uh, w- one big life lesson that I've learned that I try to tell people is that nobody's judging you as much as you think they are. Everybody's too concerned with themselves, so they really don't give a shit. So you're scared to get on stage or you're scared to post your stuff on social media or say this or do that, whatever it might be. We all have fear. We all have anxiety. We all have stress that holds us back. And the reality is nobody gives a shit. They only care about how they look, what they're doing, how much money they're making. So don't worry about it. You got to take the risk. You got to get out of your comfort zone. You got to push yourself and get out there. And also in, in terms of all that stuff, know that everyone you meet does have stress, anxiety, something they're insecure about. So if you can help that person, if you could focus externally instead of internally, when you leave the house in the morning, focus on other people, try to make their day a little bit better, make them laugh, give them a compliment, connect them with somebody, uh, make a recommendation for a book they might like, like get out of your own head and focus on other people and that will make your life so much better, so much more fulfilling, enriching. You'll be so much happier. You know, um, Booker T. Washington said, those who do the most for others are those who are happiest. And it's just it's physically impossible to feel bad about yourself when you're doing something for other people. So that's really the main thing uh, that, that I would say that I, I think changes your life more than anything else. That was really good. Um, and if anyone wanted to, like, reach out to you or find you on social media, your website and things like that, well, what are they and where can they find you? Yeah, so the podcast is renegaderadiopodcast.com. If you go to J, J-A-Y.fit, that's my website, uh, you find everything there. And Jay Ferugia on Instagram, which it's really hard to spell, but uh, you'll figure it out. <laughs> awesome. So thank you so much for your time. This was amazing. Thanks, man. Yeah, great. All right, so that's going to wrap up episode 269 with Jay Ferrugia. Hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I did. And remember, November, whenever Black Friday is, doing a huge sale on my Ironclad Body Training System book. So don't miss that out. I'll be um, promoting that very soon. And the official Cut to Shit Get Fit sweaters that I've already posted a picture of on my social channels. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out now. I'll be dropping a link for that because it's sweater weather, you know? You gotta you gotta stay warm out there, especially out here in Canada when it gets pretty chilly and you still wanna look stylish. So go check that out. And make sure that you give me a five-star review on iTunes or any other place that you listen to my podcast, which, by the way, we're now on Spotify. There you go. I finally got my podcast on Spotify, so check that out. And I'm going to continue giving you the best fitness and health advice out there. Till next time, you guys.